Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, welcome to Politico Tech. Today is Friday, November 10th. I'm your host, Stephen Overly. In the hours after Hamas waged its deadly October 7th assault on Israel, the country came under a different type of attack cyber attacks. Researchers have seen a barrage of hackers targeting Israel's military, infrastructure, and companies since the start of its war with Hamas. Such attacks are not uncommon in conflict today, both from governments as a tool of warfare and from independent hackers trying to exploit a vulnerable moment. But security research fellow Ruslan Trad tells me he's noticed something different this time around. This is something we are not witnessing even during the, the main battles between Ukrainian army and Russians. More of the hackers targeting Israel see themselves as activists, or hacktivists, pushing an ideological agenda rather than a financial one. This conflict between Hamas and Israel is totally different level. Trad is based in Bulgaria and works for the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, where he primarily studies conflict and hybrid warfare in the former Soviet Union and in the Middle East. When the violence began, he noticed some of the hacker groups that he follows that have been dormant in recent years were reactivated. On the show today, he tells me what makes these hackers different and what they seem to really want. You've identified through your research and and through media reports a slew of cyber attacks that have really been aimed at Israel since the October 7th Hamas attack. What's happening right now exactly? When we have activity on the ground, I mean military activity, we have also activation of the cyber field. And this is the most common case. Uh, for example, just a few hours after the initial attack of Hamas against Israeli military positions and kibbutz around the border, we also witnessed the activity on hacker groups. And currently, the most of these hacktivist groups or hackers who are used by other states, they are mostly active against Israel. They are attempting to attack crucial infrastructure which could be used by Hamas or anti-Israel forces in the region. We had some examples of how Hamas-linked or Hamas-friendly groups are attempted to attack water supplies of, uh, of Israel. And we don't know which and what is exactly the, the result of these attacks, but these attacks are fact and they, they are continuing. In some cases, we have popular Russian hacker groups like QNET, which they carried out attacks in Europe, in in the Balkans also, like Bulgaria. And they just announced we are creating a branch just for attacking Israel. So we have this right now, we have activation on the global scale of different groups who are even competing what they are doing during this conflict. And so these attacks then are largely coming from outside of outside of Israel and, and Gaza, from groups that seem to be sympathetic to Palestinians or, or anti-Israel, one of one of the two. Is that right? Yes. In most in, in, in most cases, 
These groups are generally pro-Palestinian. They are not um, pro-Hamas to be to be say. Some of them are pro-Hamas. They are declaring this directly, but in in many cases they are just pro-Palestinian, or they are groups defending human rights. Like there are some groups and collectives. They are famous when with attacks on corporations, attacks on different governments, mostly in Middle East and Latin America or Central Asia, and other groups are debated from other countries, like uh, groups pretending to, for example, we have very curious case of groups, pre- groups pretending to be Chinese, but they are actually Russian groups. So we have different layers of, uh, of this activity. You know, when you say groups are, are Russian or, or Iranian, uh, does that mean that they are backed by those governments? Do we know if those governments are supportive of these hacking attempts? Well, for China, we have difficulty to prove that because China is very careful. But we have at least claims in TikTok for hidden videos who are pro-Israeli videos. So let's say that China is trying to be, (laughs) this is a word China love, neutral. But on other case, for example, QNET. QNET is famous Russian hacker groups which is popular with the links to the Russian state. They are proud right now. They are attacking Israel. So we can imagine what's happening behind the door, considering the links with the Kremlin. That is one of the reasons why Israel is uh, attacking Russia for its positions during this conflict with Hamas. Got it. So these sort of cyber attacks are escalating or aggravating some of the geopolitical tensions. Some of these these groups are, are pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, you know, or, or maybe uh, consider themselves to be defenders of, of human rights. Do we have a sense of what they want or what their aim is for these attacks? I mean, are, are they trying to take Israeli systems offline? Are they trying to steal data and hold it ransom? Definitely some of the groups uh, are active because they want to leak some data, especially military military data or um, data related to military reservists or where the Israeli army stations, uh, which is uh, information very crucial for Hamas forces or Hezbollah or the Assad regime or Iran, because some of these groups are very active and they are popular with the links to Tehran. One of the groups, it was the last time they were active, it was before three years. So right now they are reactivated by Iran because this is an Iranian group. And the most of attacks are concentrated against the Israeli military infrastructure and crucial civilian infrastructure. So how they want to use this data is another question. and But it could be very dangerous because some of the attacks, as we mentioned already, they are directed against different supplies like water, gas, oil. Uh, for example, some of the biggest oil companies in Israel and distributors of some energy were attacked even in the first hours after uh, October 7 attack. 
And this is uh, crucial for understanding what these groups want. It's very small part of these groups that they are wanting um, ransom, for example, because this is currently open field for every group across the globe who are wants to compete with others because the conflict is um, opportunity. Is that why you think some of these like dormant groups have been reactivated or, or what is it about this conflict that seems to have attracted, you know, all of these hackers? Or is this somewhat common from what you've seen where hackers will launch on, latch onto a conflict, you know, to, to exploit it or, or be opportunistic about it? Oh, definitely we have opportunistic uh, goal here because this is normal during conflicts. But what the conflict is creating right now is like Wagner created the Russian unit, Wagner. They created a different space for mercenary world. And the current, the current conflict between Hamas and Israel is creating another world for hacker groups because we have really different activity right now. First of all, we have polarization of these groups. In the past, in different conflicts, we have examples from across the globe or one or another group being involved in attacks mostly on uh, institutional websites. But right now we have competing groups, not only opportunistic to use the, because the time is good for them to sow some data and to gather visibility in the field of hacker groups, but we have clear examples of groups baked on national level, like Iranian-baked groups, Israeli-baked groups, because some of the Israeli hacker groups, they are defending the state and they think in that way, that we are defending Israel against foreign enemies. This is a concept could escalate very quickly and... Actually, the, the front line is not in Israel or Gaza. As you mentioned, it's a global scale. And many of these groups are even not, they are not generally connected to one or another side. If we're not considering the groups baked directly by one of, or, or another state. But many of these groups are currently involved even on ideological level, which is something new and possibly dangerous. What is so dangerous about that? Imagine what will happen if groups like Anonymous, who are very good in that work, we have Anonymous groups, but we have also fake Anonymous groups, which pretend to be like Anonymous Sudan. They are not linked to Anonymous movement. This is a Russian group linked to other Russian groups, but currently active against Israel. And these groups are baked by the foreign intelligence of Russian Federation. So they have even equipment which is not common among hackers. So imagine if other groups are joining forces with these, baked by directly by one state or another, in that case by the Kremlin. And they start transferring experience, know-how, or even equipment because they are linked on 
ideas or political biases. And this could be another level of frontline. So essentially these sort of anonymous or uh, decentralized non-state-backed actors becoming more empowered by states, getting better equipment, better technology, that sort of thing. That's certainly uh, interesting and I imagine troublesome, not just to Israel, but as you said, to governments worldwide. Have you seen evidence that any of these attacks have been successful at you know, stealing information or taking critical infrastructure offline? Well, for critical infrastructure, it's only claims, or this is what I know, I know right now. But we are witnessing leaking of information coming from the Israeli military. And this information is being shared in hacker forums, mostly in um, dark web websites. So this information, we don't know how big is this data, uh, but uh, they, some of the groups, they published it even in Telegram, examples of the data they leaked. And you can see names of soldiers, locations, from where they, how old they are, the real names and addresses. This can be uh, problematic if we have escalation on the ground, for example, if the West Bank explodes in violence, this could be used for attacks against uh, families of soldiers. That is the problem currently because we have data leaked because of these hacker attacks. And I'm not sure how this was fixed because I, I think the Israeli army have other problems right now. So maybe they are trying to downgrade or downplay this uh, situation. But imagine what you can do with such information. We'll be right back. It's interesting to me that hackers are kind of promoting what they're doing on Telegram or on some of these other social media platforms. I I often think of hackers as operating, you know, in quiet right behind the scenes um, until they maybe make some some splashy demand or, you know, for for ransom money. Is the motivation there just fear? Is that clout chasing? Why why would they be promoting their their attacks and and some of this information they've been able to get? First of all, is visibility because the field is very typical, very closed. But in the same time, Telegram is providing another opportunity for such groups. Uh, for example, when we fought QNet, they are very popular in Telegram and they are very proud of what they are doing. And this is like other groups, even radical groups. They are promoting in the same way with the same tools, uh, even creating videos of like promotional videos. And they, this is, this is what, why I say that currently we have open call for such groups. Everyone who have opportunity or equipment enough to carry out most more sophisticated attacks is joining this uh, this field. But even small groups who are just attacking institutional websites, 
this is a good opportunity for them and in many cases they they don't want money for what they're doing this is the problem i'm seeing right now because we have polarization and also political radicalization of hacker groups which is a new trend so they're they're pushing an idea rather than seeking some sort of payout or yeah. some sort of self-interest yeah. you know inherently self-interested yeah. motivation for, for example I, I saw some groups, uh, they are gather money from, for example, from sympathizers, but also uh, after attacks on corporations. So the corporations is paying money because they are afraid of such attacks. And after that, these groups are carrying out political attacks. So they have opportunity for this. I mean, they have money to carry out such attacks after ransom attacks. So they are mixing the activities. Israel, obviously, itself has very sophisticated military and intelligence technology. You know, even with all of these attacks that have been aimed at the country, what kind of response have we seen from Israel in terms of defense or or counterattacks or anything along those lines? Well, for now, I compare the attacks against Israel like uh, the attacks against Iron Dome. So mm. you, you are using uh, thousands of rockets because you know that the system will be overwhelmed and just one rocket to to hit something on the ground is success. And right now, many groups are trying the same with the, the critical infrastructure with typical tools we mentioned already, but we are... We are witnessing organized attacks by different groups in the same time. So currently, Israel is is defending itself, but I I, I think um, they will counterattack, and I think it will be mostly against Iranian infrastructure, because the main view coming from uh, Israel is that Iran is behind most of these attacks. I'm curious, you know, with this new trend that you you said you're seeing around hackers being ideologically motivated in their attacks, even looking beyond just the Israel-Hamas conflict, how do governments respond to that? You know, because, I mean, governments are right now developing playbooks around how do you respond when there's a ransomware attack or or when sort of there's a, a financial motivation. And ideological motivation almost seems more difficult to respond to we should put all of these ev- events in in the in the context of the global affairs and this is how the states are currently developing any guides of how to react or counter react on such attacks because we have right now we have camps let's say camps they are two but could be more on one on the one side is side is russia china and iran and this camp is visibly more aggressive and they have very particular political requests, let's say. On the other side is, let's say, generally the West and Ukraine. So every guide right now, including in NATO and the European Union, is coming through the prism of the current global affairs. And Israel is asking for help from many countries because of even Israel is explaining that this is not just a local conflict we have with Hamas. 
this conflict is much broader and we are expecting attacks from many other countries. So the cyber field right now is like the Wild West and there is no clear strategy how to react to this kind of attacks. We should remind that United Kingdom was one of the most affected countries because of North Korean hacker activities and the countries on the West are still unprepared because they believe the diplomacy can resolve that. Listen, this has been super insightful um, to me and I appreciate you joining us on Politico Tech. Thank you for the invitation. That's all for today's Politico Tech. For more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters, Digital Future Daily and Morning Tech. Music in today's show comes from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our senior producer is Annie Reese. Our editors are Steve Heuser, Daniela Cheslow, and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overlay. I'll see you back here on Monday. Thank you.